I'm good now. I'm good now? Okay. So, so it's, it's really easy when you don't know why you do what you do that you kind of just do anything. And so I, I thought it was very important for us to go back to the basics. You know, what is it that makes a Christian and Missionary Alliance Church a Christian and Missionary Alliance Church? And so that's where this series comes from. Uh, last week we talked about God and his love for people, that value. God, he, he, he wants us to, to seek and save the lost because that's his heart. He wants lost people found. Um, for me, um, it's, it's really hard to kind of, um, evangelism is on hard times. Anybody, I mean, can anybody agree with me on that one? Like evangelism, like talking to lost people. It's hard. It's harder than it used to be. And it used to be a time when you could talk about Jesus kind of freely or, um, asking someone like, hey, what church do you belong to? And that was just a normal part of conversation. And we've kind of gotten away from that. Uh, we've gotten away from inviting people. You know, nowadays is more or less like, oh, wow, they put on a good show. Let's go that way. And I believe that we could do that. Like we could, you know, live another place, get some lasers, like I said, some smoke machines. And like we can really like make this thing fancy. But I just don't get the impression when I look at the life and ministry of Jesus that he was more or less concerned about getting more people to follow him. Matter of fact, if you look at Jesus, when the crowd showed up, he avoided them. He didn't say, hey, bring, bring it on. More people. I need, I need more. One more. One more person. He was more or less concerned with the kingdom, and, and I, me and Julie were having this conversation this morning. He wasn't concerned more or less with width. He was more concerned with depth, the depth of ministry. And so that's my conviction for you all. Not, hey, how can we get more people into the room? But how can we grow deeper in Jesus so as people come that they get into the depths as well? Does that make sense? Because if we do something superficial, like just put on a show, make it fancy and hope people show up, what you catch them with is what you're going to have to keep them with. We want them to be kept by Jesus, not by a show. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to go ahead and go to the next slide. Um, so we're on value number two this week. It is prayer is the primary work of the people of God. Oh, I left out something for last week, too. Back to that first point, lost people matter to God. He wants them found. Do you know the reason why lost people don't come to church? It has nothing to do with production. has nothing to do with the facilities. It ain't got really nothing to do with all the stuff we concern ourselves about. The number one complaint, if you talk to enough lost people, you hear the very same complaint. 
Their complaint with the church is not the stuff that we think is important, like is it warm enough? Are the seats comfortable? They're not concerned about that. What their complaint is about us is hypocrisy. You talk to enough non-believers, lost people, about what they hate about God's church, they will tell you it's God's people. Anybody else had that experience? All right. It's, it's us. We're not attractive. And I'm not talking about your looks. Everybody looks beautiful today, or by the way. But our character, that's what they're looking at. They're not looking at the decor. They're more or less concerned about, I see this person named Jesus you're talking about. I see scripture, what it says you should be. And I see a disconnect when I interact with you. And so that's why it's important that we get our spiritual lives in order before we embark upon this mission. So today, value two, prayer is the primary work of God's people. Let's turn to Philippians chapter four. And we're going to read verse six through seven. I'm going to give you a moment to get there. Today is going to be a little bit more teaching and crowd participation, not so much preaching. So just stand by. It's going to be a little different today in a good way, in a good way. Much like singing hymns. I saw a lot of people get excited when they start singing. Like we we went back for you. Y'all enjoyed that? We should do that more often. More More hymns. Yeah, some of the newer stuff is a little bit questionable, right? Like you don't, they leave a lot of Jesus out of some of today's music. Y'all notice that? Yeah. So Philippians 4, verse 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's the ESV. Um, Whatever version you have, it may read a little bit different, but it's all pretty much the same message. So let us pray. Dear Lord. Uh, times are crazy, but you're not. Times are chaotic, but you are our peace. There's a lot of hate amongst people, but you are still love. And so, Lord, ask the God of love. We ask that you come into the midst of our conversation. Uh, less of me, more of you, Lord. And I ask that you, uh, whatever void I have, whatever I miss, I pray through the power of your spirit, Lord, you fill in the gaps because they don't need to hear from me. They need to hear from an eternal God. And so, Lord, we pray that you would um, just every burden that we have, we lay it at your feet, let you take care of it. And we now take this moment to sit at your table and eat. And feed us, Lord. We love you and thank you in Christ Jesus name. All God's people said, amen. 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 So a little background on Philippians four, which is the text for this value. Uh, This is near the closing of Paul's letter to the Philippian church. And he is exhorting them. Matter of fact, if you go back and read Philippians 4, I think it's notable that he really exhorts women. Uh, if you go back, if you still got your Bible open, you got two names, Eudonia, Eudonia, I hope I said her name right, and Synecdoche, I can't get that name right either. Like, it's a weird name. But these are two women that labored with Paul. And he gives them a shout out. And I think that's cool, especially... Given the, the controversy within the CMA with, um, with women in ministry, and if you just want to know my take on it, I feel like it's ridiculous to cut off 50% of the spiritual gifts in the room because of a misinterpretation of text. I feel like God gives gifts of the Spirit. Those gifts of the Spirit are not predicated on gender. I think we have roles as men and women, which is different. 
You know, just because you can't attain the role of shepherd pastor doesn't mean the world is unfair. It just means that God is, he has prerequisites. So, so for me, so it's like when it says uh, that uh, an elder should be the husband of one wife, we can't switch that out and say, oh, that's a woman. And that's not saying God is misogynist or he doesn't care about women. It means much like submission in marriage. You know, we're, we're equal in value. Okay, this, this is where it, get, where it gets lost in the conversation. We are all equal in value, different in roles and responsibilities. And because we have different roles and responsibilities doesn't mean it's unfair. This just means the way God has his system set up. But, when, but we shouldn't be aspiring for positions anyway. Again, I've said it. Y'all heard me say it before. You know, gaining spiritual, you know, um, 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 responsibility, gaining spiritual authority and, and, and accountability before God is not going this way. It's going this way. You become a greater servant. OK, so that's what Paul does. I think it's awesome. I had to point that out because I thought it was cool that he actually gave those women credit. But as he goes deeper into this, he starts to tell them to go into fellowship with one another Start praying together. Now, there are different aspects to prayer. This one right here, this one talks more about the public aspect of prayer. But go to the next slide. We're going to talk about the three things about becoming people of prayer. And these are the three things I want us to kind of focus in on. And you'll see this as you read the scripture when it comes to the New Testament church, more or less. All right, go to the next slide. Prayer should be at first personal. It is going to your private places and communicating with God. Nobody else around. All right. Philippians 4 is the second one. This is public. This is, this is the one and others. Like me and you, we're praying together to, towards God for him to interact on our behalf. All right. And the third part of our prayer, it should be prolonged. And I know that one, um, that one's a little odd. We'll get to the verse. I'm going to really chew on it for a minute. Okay? We're going to chew on that verse and really think about it. Because I will say the third one has been more beneficial to me than any Bible class I've ever been in. All right? And I'm going I'm to give, give you the why right now, because I'm taking more time for God to talk to me than it is for me talking back to him. This is me shutting up and listen. This is me praying, but I'm opening myself up for God to speak back to me. So just stand by for that one. That's actually one of my favorites. So go back, go to the next slide. <clears throat> Matthew chapter five, chapter six, go ahead and open your Bible. It's kind of long. So you want to look at it. Again, this is the ESV, whatever version you have, you read. Matthew chapter 6. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. So if you got anybody who's trying to make a big production about their prayer, they want to be heard, um, is more about the way it's seen, more or less, than who you're having conversation with, then that's a problem. Truly, I say to you, you have, they have received their reward. 
which is people's attention. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Next slide. Verse, uh, what was that, verse 7? Next slide, Angel. I'm sorry, I need to open up my Bible. Oh, it's not going. Verse 7, uh, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this, and we all know this part. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our, debt, our debts as we forgive those, um, you know, in the King James as we forgive those, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And in my memory verse, for thine is kingdom, power, and glory. All right. But it says it differently in different interp- interpretations. Next slide. Uh, for for uh, if we if you forgive others their pre- trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you f- forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. So this is something. This is a conversation between you and God. Now Jesus didn't say pray these exact words because that's what some people do. They turn the 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 Lord's prayer into like this this incantation almost. Like if I pray this, great things are going to happen to me. Jesus says pray. In this manner, he gives you a blueprint and the way I like to remember the Lord's Prayer, kind of apply it to my prayer life. This is a good acronym. You can apply it to yourself, kind of help you remember the things, the different points you need to hit, hit when you pray. So go to the next slide. The acronym PRAY. First thing you want to do, you want to open up with praise. Jesus opened up our Father which art in heaven. When you sit to pray... Don't go right into a list of I wants. He is not Santa Claus. He is the Lord of the universe. He is the creator, creator of all things. God, I love you. I thank you. Praise you for all that you're doing in my life, Lord. Thank you so much. You're so good. You're so gracious. You're so merciful. You're so loving. Praise, 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 praise. And that goes back to that Old Testament verse where it says, Enter his, into his gates with thanksgiving. Into into his courts with praise. They literally had to go to the temple to experience God's presence. So if you live 30 minutes away, if you wanted to go into the presence of God in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, you had to walk 30 minutes, stand in line, wait for your turn to go through the gate. And if you didn't qualify because you was a Gentile, you stayed in the Gentile court. But then you had to go through the gate. And before you go through the gate, you had to give a sacrifice. Before you give, and so it's like all these different layers and complexities. And all we got to do in the new covenant is simply bow our heads. That's good news, right? That is good news. We don't have, matter of fact, we would have to jump on a plane, fly to Israel, get into the temple, which is not there anymore, Get into the temple just to experience God's presence if it was the old covenant. But the way God has set it up now, we can actually just say, Our Father, He invites us into His presence. Second one is to repent. 
Um, if you've had kids, anybody had kids, if you have children, I hate it when they come ask me for things and pretend like all the stupid stuff they did didn't happen. Right? You know, they, they, they've done stupid things. They need something from you. And they come into you looking for it, pretending as if none of that stuff happened. And that's, I feel like that's the worst thing you can do to a parent when you've offended that parent and you don't address the offense. You just go right into, Lord, can, uh, Dad, Mom, can I have some candy? Like, you made an F. Let's talk about that first. Like, <laughs> you didn't do your homework. Like, why are we talking about candy and you haven't done what you're supposed to do? And so coming into God's presence, giving him praise and going right into Lord, forgive me. I've been struggling with this. I've been struggling with that. And much like when we're dealing with our kids, you know, we know it's not like God doesn't know you've screwed up. But it always brings that. I know. If, I mean, I don't know why God, why God does it. I tell you, for me as a parent, when a child is honest about their their screw ups. Like, it, it actually improves the relationship. Like, if they can come to me like, yeah, I've been, I've been struggling with, with doing the right thing or keeping up my chores. But it's like, for our Heavenly Father, it's like, Lord, you saw what I did. I'm not going to pretend that didn't happen. So, Lord, please forgive me for that sin. Then we want to ask. So when Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread, this is after we've Praise him, repentant, then we go into our list of wants. And we serve a God who invites us to ask. He invites us to ask. And there's scripture that talks about what if you ask in his name, he'll give it to you. Now, some people take that so far, and you got some pastors out here like asking for jets and private planes and all kind of crazy, ridiculous stuff. The thing about doing, asking for anything in his name, if you're in his name, if, and, and that's covenantal language. If I'm in Christ, I'm going to ask for stuff in alignment with his heart. I'm not just blindly asking for a billion dollars. I'm not just blindly asking for a bigger house, a bigger car. I'm making, I'm making requests that are in line with God's character. I'm praying for things like, Lord, like right now we've been really praying, me and Janice have been really praying for her, her mom's really close friend who is, you know, in chemo. We're praying for her healing. We could have, been, we could have taken up that spiritual energy and prayed for a million dollars. But no, we're praying for someone's healing. We're praying for people in this church who are struggling. We're praying for the leadership. We're praying for... Uh, uh, us to all grow closer to Jesus. And that's because I'm praying in his name, not for my benefit. Lastly, we want to yield. Why is yielding last? Your kingdom come, your will be done. Because one thing you do, and I found this out the hard way. Matter of fact, that's how I ended up here. So, oh, y'all don't know the story. Let me, let's talk about it. How I ended up here. So I was, I was, I was planning a church, and that didn't work out. Um, I, was, I was telling my wife, I was like, 
I don't know if I'm doing that again. I'm like, I know I'm called. I know God wants me to continue to serve in his church, but I'm like, I don't know. And, so, and then I was like, I prayed about it. I was like, Lord, I'm, I'm not looking for anything. Like, I'm not trying to start a church. I'm not trying to be on, I'm not going to ask, can I be somebody's associate pastor? I'm like, if it happens, it's going to find me. Then Brian called. All right. Brian called and he's like, you're the guy. And, you know, it's like God is saying, you, you need to be here. And I could have easily been like, that's not what I want. But when I said, Lord, thy will be done, that's, that's what it means. Your will be done, Lord. And so I'm out of here out of a sense of yielding to the kingdom kind of flow. Like, this is what God's doing. It's easy to just say, all right, Lord, I ask you for this, that, and this. Go make it happen. I'm going to go over here and, and, and twiddle on my phone. Just sit over here and play and, and be distracted. Or, you know, I'm going to pray that you send more people to hope, but, yeah, I'm going to sit over here and just chill out and, and, and just live my life. We, we then have to yield to the kingdom. Amen? Amen? All right, next one. Next one, prayer has to be public. This is in James chapter 5, and this is verse 13 through 16. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. If anyone is cheerful, let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over you, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins one another to one another and pray for one another that you might may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person has great power as it is working. All right. It's really easy to kind of like just read through this verse and kind of like a beautiful piece of art. Just be like, oh, that's nice. That's pretty. And just keep walking. It's something else to read yourself. This is one of those opportunities where you're given permission to kind of read yourself into it. Do you seek the prayer of the elders if you're sick? I think we've all been there. It's kind of easy. I will say the hardest part of this verse is verse 16. The harder part of this chapter is verse 16. This is really hard. Verse 16 is really hard. Really hard. Really, 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 really hard. Therefore, confess sins, your sins, to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Healing, it, it, it's, it's making a relationship between our sin and being healed from our sin. Now, we get the sickness part. We're all for that. I don't want to have this headache. I don't want to have this disease. Let's pray about it. But are we willing to open up to someone else about our personal struggles? This ain't pretending church. This is real church now, y'all. It's much easier to pretend we got it together 
than to come to a brother. Now, this ain't talking about public prayer in terms of like, hey, everybody stand up and tell me what you got going on. All right, what's your, what's your sin? No, that's not, that's not what it's talking about. This is you going to another brother and sister in Christ like, hey, man, I just need to be honest with you. I got some stuff going on and I need prayer. I can't go into details because I'm ashamed of the details, but I need you to pray for me. Or you'd be like, ah, here are the details. The issue isn't whether or not you go into the details. It's like, are you pursuing fellowship with someone when you got strongholds and you're not fighting this battle alone? This is a verse of encouragement that if you have a personal struggle, you don't have to suffer in silence. You don't have to suffer by yourself. You can get someone to fight on the front lines of faith with you. And that's the thing that helps you overcome. And some of us, we're so self-righteous and we're so caught up in ourselves. We want people to think, oh, they're so perfect. No, there was one perfect dude, but he died on a cross. Not, not you. All right. Next slide. Prolonged prayer. Rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Praying without ceasing. Prolonged prayer. Anybody prayed all day? <laughs> no? Kind of, kind of weird to even think about it. Um, when, I, when I first read this verse, I, I was like, this is a challenge because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not all day. I'm like, I can't do this for like five minutes without my knee hurting. Um, but all day praying when I was young in Christ, I'm like, man, what, what does this mean? Praying without ceasing. Unlike other religions where they have to go through these ritualistic you know, Muslim, they pray five times a day and they think that's a great thing. No, we pray without ceasing and this is how we do it. All right. If nobody ever told you, this is how we do it. This is me whenever I have, because we do this. We have inner, dial, inner monologues. We talk to ourselves, inner dialogues. Like you have this ongoing conversation with yourself. You know, when you're judging people and talking about how much you hate something. All right. That, those conversations. Do that, but instead of talking to yourself, talk to God. Keep doing it. I just want you to involve God into the conversation. You would be, like, amazed at how God will work with you and through you when you go throughout your day the same way you would pray out loud, you're talking to God, but here's the catch. You allow him to talk back to you. This is where, you know, the cessationist and, um, and the more charismatic conversation go in different directions. Uh, because the work of the Spirit is all contained in a book. We, we, we don't experience God out here anymore. I'm not in that camp. I'm, I'm not a... I'm not a you know, God finished doing the miraculous and he, start, he stopped 
talking to and through people when the canon was closed. I believe because Jesus said it. He says, I'm going to send you a helper, a teacher. And I can't tell you, I've been in education. My wife's been in education for 20 years. I don't know over 20 years. I don't know a good teacher that is silent. Not teaching. I don't know how helpful the Holy Spirit would be if he's not trying to communicate with us. So prayer should be more than a one way conversation. You telling God, give, 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 do, do, do. I need you, Lord, to, to, to jump through hoops and do all these great things. And you walk away without considering, OK, God, what, what, what do you have to say about it? What, what are your thoughts? What do you want me to do? So prolonged prayer conversations isn't just one way. Me and God, you, 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 it's. My wife sees me like this sometimes. I'm sitting there and I'm like. And a lot of times I'm like, Lord, just speak to me. Like I'm tired. Matter of fact, I get to a point where I'm tired of talking. I need you to tell me. You, you'll, you'll notice it when you keep. Anybody remember those Bluetooth weird looking things? You just hanging out here and, and blink. All right. If 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 this were if this was our, our prayer life, we would we would keep Jesus call open and we won't we won't hang up the phone. This is what I'm talking about. It's like I'm keenly aware that God is listening. I'm listening out for him and, and I'm, I'm at a place where I'm open to suggestion. I'm open to influence and input. So my my charge to you throughout the week. Yes, I want you to pray. In private, yes, I want you to pray in public with God's people, but, all right, don't take this the wrong way. Take some time to just be quiet. Take some time to be quiet and let him talk back to you. Amen? Amen. All right, we've got about five to ten more minutes. For those of you online, you go ahead and, um, you go ahead and we're, we're going to shift into a time of prayer. We're going to do something very different, and I think you guys are going to love it. All right? So what I want you to do is get into groups of about four to five, no more than five, about four. And I want you to take some time, look at each other, get caught up real quick. And then I want you to pray for one another. All right, we're not just going to talk about it. We're going to actually do it. So we're going to take about five-ish, maybe ten, depends on how much chatter is going on. Take some time to, to look at each other. Bear one another's burdens and pray. Amen. And we'll be back in a little bit. Uh, you could you could take time to talk about prayer needs um, or even just be like family. It don't necessarily have to be something, you know, you can you can just get caught up with each other and then pray for those specific things to so just go around in a group.